Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Cleared On Route, the Canadian Aviation and Space Exploration Podcast. We're deviating a little bit from our regular recording uh, schedule to let you know about a situation taking place right now at the Canadian Air and Space Museum. My name is Danny Vicar, and joining me today is my co-host, Chris Johnson. Hey, Chris. Hey, Danny. How's it going? Oh, it's going fairly well. How are you this fine evening? Ah, I could be better. You know, having to, uh, having to talk about the Air Space Museum like this is a little disheartening. As some people may have heard, um, and if you're not around the Toronto area, you might have uh, seen it on our uh, Twitter feed, the Canadian Air and Space Museum has been served eviction papers uh, by the owners, or the, not really owners, the uh, caretakers of the land that they're on, um, and they've been given a period of six months right now to basically get their stuff out and get out. Yeah, so I mean, how that works, obviously, the... The park itself is a federal park. It's it's a crown land. It's owned by the government. And there is a corporation called Parks Down, Park Downview Park, which is the management company for that location. Um, and they help make sure that the park makes money, uh, meets its mandates, which include, um, you know, being a sports venue, being a historical venue, and to, to help preserve heritage. So effectively what they did earlier in the week is they served an eviction notice to everybody at 65 Carl Hall Road, uh, which includes the Canada Air Space Museum as well as a few other uh, sport-related uh, kind of businesses. And, and in the place, what they'd like to do is, is knock down 65 Carl Hall Road and put in a ice rink instead, a, a four-pad um, recreational ice rink. So we wanted to put together a special episode to let people know about the importance of the museum, not only to the Toronto area, but to Canadian aviation and space exploration at large. The history of the Downsview Airport dates back to the late 1920s when de Havilland Canada, which was a subsidiary of de Havilland in the UK, opened up a factory in Downsview. Uh, having the factory there where they built and manufactured their aircraft, they obviously needed an airstrip, so they opened up the Downsview Airfield. That was in 1929. At the time, and through the 1930s, they mostly built Tiger Moths and, and Fox Moths, uh, British-designed aircraft, and it wasn't until later that they started d designing Canadian aircraft. But even prior to the war... The de Havilland Aircraft Factory was busy building a total of 1,700 uh, Tiger Moths, the DH-82. Uh, these were primarily used as RAF trainers until the Chipmunk actually replaced them in 1952. So a very, very important aircraft factory in terms of uh, creating aircraft for pilots to train on, for a lot of our, our war fighters to have learned on during the World War II era. Also during the World War II era, the the early and mid-40s, uh, the very famous de Havilland Mosquito was manufactured at this factory. Um, this, of course, was one of the fastest bombers of World War II, made entirely of, of plywood um, and other wooden structures in order to save on metal, which was a, a very valuable commodity during the war. Um, and, and, and this airplane, I mean, the de Havilland Mosquito was so successful, it, it 
fulfilled many roles. It was not only a, a medium bomber, it fulfilled recon roles, it, it fulfilled tactical strikes, as well as uh, anti-submarine uh, duties. And it, it was such a famous aircraft in, in Germany that it was Hermann Göring himself who, who took issue with the plane. Um, and I, I don't remember the exact quote, but basically he stated that um, it, it was embarrassing to Germany that a wooden aircraft built in Britain would outpace them so handily. And that when the war was over, he was looking forward to purchasing an English radio, because then at least he knew that the engineering behind it was sound. Um, and, you know, for Hermann Goring to be stating that about uh, Nazi Germany is, is pretty impressive. He must have had a, a strong respect for the, the mosquitoes that we built right here in Downsview. So along with, with those war, you know, de Havilland was there early 30s all the way to the 50s. And, and that's about the time, the, the late 40s, early 50s, when the military became interested in Downsview. Now, the reason the military became interested in Downsview was because at the time there was a lot of an industry in the area. There was a lot of production, and they felt it was very important to protect the industrial sections of Canada with air defense. And so having an airfield located so close to the manufacture of, of our aircraft was very, very convenient. And... They moved in in 1947. They established the RCAF Downsview Station, and they put two reserve squadrons and a Navy reserve squadron there, as well as a transport squadron. So a very, very important wartime location. I mean, seriously, one of uh, the most important production locations for, for our warfighting aircraft. After the war, the de Havilland Company started to stretch its legs a little bit. Now... As I mentioned before, they had licensed a number of aircraft from their British parent, the Tiger Moth, the Fox Moth, the Mosquitoes, all originally British designs. Now, it was in the 50s after the war that de Havilland started creating the de Havilland Canada designs that are also famous. These are, of course, the DHC-1 through 8, starting with the Chipmunk, the Beaver, beaver the Otter, the I think buffalo. the Otter was 6. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. Buff Buffalo was five. Buffalo was five. Caribou was four. Otter was six. And then seven and eight didn't have a name. They were just dash seven, dash eight. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, besides me and Danny's inability to remember the, the exact name of all of these aircraft, um, these were the Canadian-designed aircraft. And, and the Chipmunk became a very important trainer both here and in Britain. So very literally... Um, some of the, the most important and most well-recognized aircraft in Canada came from 65 Carl Hall Road. This was the factory where, where these designs were produced and built. And, and to the extent of you know, how prolific were these designs, if you look at the Q400, the Bombardier model that flies out of, out of Billy Bishop Airport here in Toronto, well, that's just a Dash 8 that's been upgraded a little bit. Um, th th these were immensely successful designs. And, and even today, Viking in British Columbia has purchased the type certificates for the DHC-1 through 7 from uh, Bombardier and uh, continue to produce the Otter to this day. So, tr tremendously popular aircraft that came out of that factory. Right down here in Toronto. Yep, right, right out of our own backyard. Beyond de Havilland, this, this isn't the only manufacturer that's played in that location. Uh, we're also talking about Avro. Now, Avro is another uh, Canadian aircraft manufacturer, which, which was a British subsidiary and started developing here. Um, like de Havilland, they had 
purchased or they had built you know licensed models of of British aircraft um, the the Lancaster uh, bombers like that. Now, again, once they established themselves, once they had engineers, once there was a Canadian workforce, they started to stretch their legs and, as everybody should know, developed the Avro Aero. Uh, unfortunately, a plane no longer with us, and, and when we look at the Aero, there's a, an example of the, the history lost from this location and, and what we're talking about with Carl Hall. Um, but the Aero at the time was, was one of the most advanced interceptor jets. It, it was designed to patrol the far north and intercept uh, Soviet bombers before they could attack North America. And, and in that role, it was, it was one of the fastest aircraft, one of the most advanced. It, it was, I mean, spec for spec at its time, it was a stunning aircraft, um, which unfortunately met a gruesome political demise um, for some, you know, pretty unclear reasons. We'll and probably dedicate a whole episode to the Avro Arrow in the future. So yeah, there's uh, there's no doubt we could dedicate you know reams of episodes to to what was lost with the Arrow. Um, but just a reminder, you know that 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 Arrow, its test flights, its design, its production, that was you know in Downsview around that location. Um, so so again, talking about an area that you know steeped in in Canadian aviation history. So much so, it, it's actually the majority of Canadian aviation history, in some way, originates from from this location. Um, you know, beyond Avro, once once we got through Avro in in the eighties, what ended up happening with De Havilland was that they were a Crown Corporation previously. This this was a Canadian government company that had been building these aircraft. Um, Crown corporations of that nature were were very popular back in the day. Air Canada started off as a Crown Corporation as well. And in the 80s, what ended up happening is a lot of Crown Corporations were privatized and, and sold off. And so de Havilland was, was sold off to Boeing. And there was a little bit of controversy at the time because they had stated as part of the deal that none of the de Havilland types would be discontinued, and, and specifically the DHC-7. Um, however, once taking over, Boeing immediately discontinued the DHC lines with the exception of the 8 um, and, and that is now the only de Havilland plane that, that was produced until Viking came along and, and purchased from Boeing uh, 1 through 7 to, to build the Otters again. Now, after a while, what ended up happening was Bombardier came into town and approached Boeing and offered to purchase the Downsview, the, the installation from them, as well as all of the, the type ratings for the aircraft that Boeing owned. And so Boeing sold, and that, that is how Bombardier became the owners of the, the Dash 8 typeset. And then they sold the, the remaining ones to Viking. So of, of all the planes that have, have been manufactured and designed in Canada, uh, a strong number of them, a serious majority of them, have been uh, produced there. And even to this day, the Q400 produced by Bombardier uh, is produced on a factory at the Downsview Airport, and the original Downsview Airport remains open as a private airport that Bombardier uses for test flights and, and design. It's, it's their own private airport. Uh, so to this, to this very day, it, we're, not, we're not just talking about a historical location of, of aircraft manufacturing design. We're talking about still the center of, of aircraft manufacturing design for one of Canada's biggest exported airplanes, the Q400. The Canadian Air and Space Museum currently occupies the former de Havilland Canada plant, and it's, it houses a number of really wonderful exhibits. 
Among the some of the airplanes they have there is the Avro Avro Aero, a uh, full metal replica of the CF one hundred five. They also have a Tudor, same uh, type of airplane as is flown by uh, the Snowbirds, and they also have a uh, the AEA Silver Dart replica that was uh, flown in two thousand nine for the centennial of uh, Canadian aviation, and they also host a number of events where uh, people can come in and interact with aircraft and other aircraft come in, the most prominent of which uh, is probably the Wings and Wheels Festival, which takes place every May. That's where you bring they bring in and they, some really awesome uh, aircraft, um, like the F-18s and um, the Harvards and all that. And also car enthusiasts get to bring out their... Um, they're old cars. They're old. They're antique cars. Um, so you get a little bit of everything for everybody. You get airplanes. You get cars. Really, lots, lots of high power there. They're also open for tours during the week. Uh, you just have to call them, and they'll gladly give you a tour. Sounds excellent. It's quite the uh, quite the location. Yeah, I mean, you're like you said. There's a lot of aviation history going on there, and. Uh, Currently, uh, aviation Canadian aviation history in the making with the Bombardier plant there. Well, and I think too, it's it's important to point out that like some of these exhibits are literally one of a kind. That there is no other uh, Avro Aero replica or or model of that size. It's it's all photos. Um, there is no other silver dart replica. The, this is the only place that you can you can view those things. Yeah, and I mean these are these are sort of big uh, displays, but there's also Things that people have donated over the years uh, uh, that veterans from the First and Second World Wars have donated to the museum that the museum puts on display. Uh, not to mention that they, they run uh, information nights and uh, aviation story nights uh, as one of their uh, newest activities. So they really have a community event scene around there. Yeah, no, it's just, a, just an excellent museum to check out. And, of course, I mean, they've got the... The ornithopter that we've talked about before, the the only registered one in Canada, um, after its flight, found its home in the museum as well. So if you if you want to see the only ornithopter in Canada, once again, one of a kind exhibit. And for those of you that uh, are maybe not familiar with the terminology, an ornithopter is an aircraft that flies like a bird. It has wings that it flaps. So there's a lot of history and a lot of historical artifacts housed by the museum. And the museum itself is built in a historical site, in a historical building, the former building of the de Havilland Canada plant, where basically a lot of Canadian aviation icons and legend, legendary aircraft started. Yeah, and that's why we felt it was important to, to sit down today and try and capture some of that history and, and try and relate some of the uh, elements of that, that location that you know have inspired us to get into aviation and, and really kind of you know drive us to stick with this. Now, if you do want to help, there there are things you can do other than just listening to us talk about it. Um, the museum website has plenty of information around. We'll, we'll give you that address in just a second here. But they are basically keeping the community up to date as as things happen. So you want to know the latest in their arrangement with the park. You want to know what they are doing um, in, in terms of you know saving their museum. Uh, hit their website. We'll, we'll have that here for you in a second. 
Now, the other thing you can do, and, and they are requesting, is to write your MP. This this is a federal park, um, and ultimately the, the company responsible for managing it does have to report to the federal government. And, and there is a Minister of uh, Public Works and Government Services, I believe is the, the title, um, who is responsible for this park and, and its operating plan. So one of the things that you can do as a, as a member of the aviation community is to write a letter to your MP to let them know that you support the, the museum and that this heritage and, and the preservation of this heritage is, is an important issue to you so that as the federal government you know reviews this, if they do review it, hopefully, um, they, they understand the importance of it to the community. So to get more information and to stay up to date with the latest developments, you can check out the museum website at www.casmuseum.org. That's Charlie Alpha Sierra Museum.org. And they have a page there with uh, the latest information developments. We will also be putting up a page on our website at cleardonroot.com. That's www.cleardonroot.com. There uh, will be a page there with instructions on uh, how you can uh, help the museum and where to get the latest information. And you can always uh, follow us on Twitter at cleardonroot. And if you have any other questions, comments, concerns, feel free to not only send them to your MP, but if you've got questions, send them to us, and uh, we'll try to shed some light on that. Now, now, one important thing as well is if you are going to send a letter to the, the government, please check in with the uh, Airspace Museum website. They have asked to have uh, copies of those correspondence so that they can also be part of this conversation and, and help save their museum. Uh, so again, you know, thank you for listening to Clear on Route in this special episode about the Canadian Airspace Museum. Uh, we're going to be back again on on Wednesday with our regular scheduled episode four. Uh, so tune in for that one as well. And and thank you for listening. <laughs>